0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm J.P. Ashton. Hello, everyone. I'm Sarah Bacon. And today we're going to hear from a few technicians and technical managers working at the coalface to adapt their principles to take teaching and education to the next level in delivering lessons and practicals online. Hello everybody and welcome to the first NTDC podcast. Technicians all over the UK have been adapting and reacting to the pandemic by moving learning and education online. This has been a really imperative task over the last few months during the pandemic and really shows how vital, adaptive and reactive these technical staff are providing world-class lessons. So today we're going to hear from our fellow technicians. These are David Featherby and Stephen Vasco. Okay, David, tell us a bit about yourself and your area of work.
1: Uh, I'm life sciences um, chief technician of teaching at Imperial College. Uh, we basically, I have a team of uh, seven uh, um, technicians, and we prepare practical sessions for um, life sciences practical um, life sciences um, courses, which are biochemistry and biological sciences, and we have. Uh, limited, uh, much reduced uh, input for molecular bioengineering and biomedical engineering.
0: Stephen, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Uh,
2: I'm working in the biomedical engineering department in Reading University. It's uh, very much focused on the types of engineering technologies we can use for rehabilitation. I'm actually uh, pretty new to the technician role, only about a year, year in. Um, though I do have a couple of decades of industrial experience in telecommunications behind. The focus of what we do in biomedical engineering is very much about development of electronic systems, including such things as motors, robotics, which can be used to aid someone with either a short-term or long-term disability.
3: Can you just tell us a bit about how you've had to adapt to using digital delivery?
1: Well, this is something that's relatively new to us. And um, although I've got a background of uh, photography from going back many years, um, I actually uh, stopped photographing for a couple of magazines as well as uh, Getty Images. Uh, so I did have a sort of a feel for photography, but the movie side of it was something that was completely new. Um, so I hadn't anticipated it when I first thought about this, uh, I considered uh, producing a whole series of genetic, generic sort of movies that would go on to a, uh, a, a folder on Teams. And then the academics running the courses would then download those and use them for themselves. What I tended to do was to um, use, talk my way through the practical session, really just to get the length of the film correct. And then it was up to anybody else to, to then drop the audio and put their own in, take a certain section of it and just use that. So that was the main sort of challenge, and also the sheer volume of, of filming. I think we were very ambitious. The fact that the students were on site made it even more fraught, simply because we were repeating practical sessions four, sometimes five times, as well as filming in between. And I was very conscious that what I wanted to do at the time was to make sure that my technicians were not present when the students were in the class. Because the last thing I needed was for them to socially isolate. because one of the students was found positive. So uh, they had to come out. And that's when we did the filming in the labs. Mm. But so what made it slightly easier was the fact that um, you can film in a lab without masks simply because you've got a large area which would normally take, say, 35 to 40 students and there's only three of you in there. So we can socially distance anything up to three metres. So what I wanted to do was to future proof this so that the students aren't reminded of all this in about three to four years time. And also by filming up uh, 4K, it meant that these um, videos could also be used in lecture theatres, because the last thing you want to do is to film it with a phone. And then you put it into a lecture theatre and you've got one pixel's head, another pixel's the body, and it looks absolutely dreadful. But the other thing that we had, I was very conscious of the fact that I just know that some of our students will be looking at the practical sessions that we produce uh, on their phone. So we tried to start off by keeping everything tight as possible. So uh, it was literally just the work area. And then that's why we ended up with so many clips. So we would do a close one in, take it out. And we didn't want to electronically zoom out because you then lose that 4K quality. So that was one of the things that uh, we adapted to and kind of got used to it in the end.
3: That sounds good, Dave. It's um, kind of every, every angle covered there, I think. But yeah, thank you. Stephen, would you like to share just a little bit about some of the adaptations that you and your colleagues at Reading have, have had to make in, in being able
2: to support teaching to students? Yeah, we've the, the types of labs we were running pre, pre-pandemic were very much hands-on labs so the shift to first of all social distancing and then to full lockdown meant that we couldn't engage with the students in the same way but we wanted them to have that hands-on experience this is why we moved to the delivery of kits so that every student had their own kit and they could carry out the lab activities in the or their own environment. The big difference being we weren't in the same place as they were for a large portion of these these labs. So we had to find good ways of engaging with them with online sessions where we could troubleshoot what they were doing, um, give them clear directions of what they needed to do up front compared to the previous lab where we would um, engage with them directly and teach them as they were going along. Now we had to make sure that everything was prepared up front so that we could solve most of the questions. It was uh, difficult to solve all the problems. There were a number of issues that came up, which obviously uh, we will talk about a bit later. Um, but the main issue for us as technicians was to make sure the equipment would be working when it went to the students rather than dealing with problems on the fly that we would be in the lab. And the use of videos and such like the other departments have used um, for us that wasn't so necessary. There was a couple of bits we needed to do upfront in in setting up the equipment and the basic use of the equipment. We did that uh, through a number of short videos and uh, mostly through getting started guides written getting getting started guides that the students had access to. We're fortunate we have a small number of students compared to many other departments so we could deal with these in a more one-to-one basis.
1: I think I probably answered most of the other questions yeah. already. I uh, had a bit of a rush of blood. <laughs> yeah, you know, the
0: challenge, the key challenges sort of work them,
1: their way into the adapting don't they? Yeah yes, they uh, yeah. do. I mean, one of the interesting things with our students is that uh, with us uh, working on uh, really timetabling for labs and then popping in um, lectures in and around it just to make it fit, is that they don't have to get out of bed for a nine o'clock lecture. <laughs> <laughs> the, that was very popular with our students. They can
3: watch other in, their own, in their own time whenever they choose. Yeah,
1: and I think one of the reasons why they don't tend to use the, um, they stick with their icon. Is they're actually in bed? We <laughs> <laughs> so don't want anybody to see what they're. So
2: uh, I I think that's
1: probably one of the reasons.
2: For I, I would agree people. with that. We we actually had sessions starting at nine o'clock and also starting late in the evening around half past four, going uh-huh. on to six, because of the way things were timetabled for the la- for the lectures. The lab sessions were pushed to the edges of the timetable. Um, and I think you're right that either people were just getting out of bed or feeling really rough at the end of the day, so didn't want to come on screen. Um, but a few times he did.
3: I think that's, that's possibly one of the, the biggest hurdles to overcome as, as, as like a teacher or a demonstrator, isn't it? The fact that you're, you're presenting and, 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 and sharing with someone who's not there in, you know, they're there, but they're not, you can't see their, their facial. Reactions to anything, and, and I think that, that's I, I know my husband's a teacher, and he's found that really quite difficult to to not engage, you know, engage on that level with with the students. But for them, I mean, they, they probably they probably quite like you say quite welcome to the, the adaptable, flexible nature of of being able to do things at different times as well.
0: Would you say that you're a Teams or a Zoom? Which one do you prefer? Teams, Teams, prefer teams yeah. Mm. I've always found Zoom easier whenever I've tried to share things on Teams. It never seems to want to let you do it unless you're in
2: that organization.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's because we use it all the time and it's yes. just constant.
2: Well, we use Teams, um, but generally we use Blackboard Collaborate. Yeah. I don't know if you came across that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the main reason being that the breakout rooms are so much easier to do in Collaborate than in Teams worked so much better. So we could set them up, shift people across into different rooms. People could jump between the rooms, depending on what type of questions they had, um, because we had several different types of projects. So we could put people according to the type of project that they were in, into the different rooms. And that worked very well for us. Teams was much better in that the reaction and the uh, speed was much better. There was a real big lag in Blackboard Collaborate mm. for people speaking. So everybody was speaking over each other. Um, so we preferred teams for real meetings, but for the classes we would collaborate. Excellent. I think um, I think we can wrap up there. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you ever so much. Uh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. For, no, uh, thank
3: you for your time.
2: Letting, letting me do this. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> no, I've
1: yeah, got to make a start on the summer term now. I've got a f- load of practical classes to film. <laughs> yeah. filming,
2: yeah. Okay, oh. my time's up, so I'm going yeah. to you okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you. That's no problem. Take care. Bye. 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 for now. Bye. That's all we have time for,
0: folks. Don't forget to dial into our Tech Meet events every month. The next one is on the 25th of May 2021 and is on apprenticeships and T-levels. We look forward to seeing you there. I'm John Paul Ashton.
3: I'm Sarah Bacon.
0: Take care. Goodbye.